Oh, you sound terrible. Yeah, I'm on the other end of being sick, but it like, it's still like this like chest congestion that's like just not budging. And that's like really annoying. But otherwise everything else is fine. I mean, like I started getting sick like a four or five days ago. And then like when I was in NOLA, um, I was just like really foggy and I was like, ugh, I feel really, t maybe I'm just tired because I'm sick and I'm doing the show and I could call out, but I don't feel like I'm sick enough to call out. And I don't think it's worth it. I was like, everything was getting a little bit spotty. And I was like, oh God, I'm just like, really? Don't you have to sing? Tired. Yeah. I t it's a very high cardio show. So like, that's sort of what I thought was happening was like, oh, I'm running around, I'm singing, I'm dancing, like it's craziness and I'm sick. So I think my body's just a little bit pissed. And then I went back to the bus and I immediately fell asleep and I woke up at like 3 a.m. drenched in sweat. Ooh. And I was like, oh, I think I had a fever. That's, that's <laughs> a fever breaking is when that happens. Right. And I was like, oh, I had a fever and was doing the show with a fever. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Under Further Review. <laughs> I'm Kata. That's Mike. That's Mikey C. That's Fever Boy. I'm Fever Boy. Fever Boy. Fever Boy. Oh, poor thing. Slim VP. Slim VP. Oh, my God. I love that. Whoa, that's cool. awesome. Slim VP. <laughs> uh, my name is Shermie in the show, so people keep calling me Jeremy. Oh. Jeremy. Which is funny. Yeah, hopefully the rest of the cast doesn't get sick. We still can't wait to to see you do your thing. This is going to be a great episode. Yeah, we're really excited. Obviously, we got a great guest. Yeah, I love Scott. And I get to unload on Mike Rose this week. <laughs> I think Mikey's been like holding holding this for like a year. I've been biting my tongue a lot. <laughs> but guys, uh. You you picked a good episode to tune into this week. We've got Scott Fowler from the Charlotte Observer joining us about halfway through here. And uh, for those who are living under a rock, he made some pretty big headlines last week. First, for writing a column about uh, Dave Tepper being the problem down uh, in Charlotte with the Panthers. And then he was essentially shut out of the press conference and wasn't allowed to ask him any questions. And that made even bigger headlines, resulting in some pretty significant TV and radio appearances, which is super exciting for us. Scott's also a friend of mine, I get to brag. So um, he agreed to do our little show in the midst of all of his uh, his height of celebrity right now, which is really exciting. And it was a really fun conversation. We got to talk about the Panthers and their problems and uh, also kind of a little bit of what he does and also touch on his book, Sports Legends of the Carolinas, the book, which came out last week or two weeks ago or something like that. So it was a fun conversation. You guys will really enjoy it. You guys had fun, right? I did. Yeah. I, I love Scott. I mean, every time Scott's here, Scott's like just has such a um, incredible resume and experience in what he does. And like, he looks he like a Carolina guy. He just looks Carolina. You know, I mean, he sounds it. He's got the accent. He looks it. He went to UNC in, in Chapel Hill. That's his son, who is also in the family business of covering sports, is named Chapel because that's where he and his wife. Chapel. Met. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right, so, yeah. So he is basically North Carolina or yeah. South well, Carolina. If, if anything, we love having Scott. I mean, of course, he's got all the great experience and whatever. But just listening to his voice is just like. It's yeah, the most I like that Carolina way. accent. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the Eagles yet? <laughs> you just can't wait. <laughs> Let's get into it. What? Okay. You. It sounds like you have some kind of a sermon prepared. So I'll just let you stand let's, up. Let's start off here. So I stand up. <clears throat> well, <laughs> the big point that I want to break out is, of course, I have to fix my camera now, see? He's got, he's holding his mic. <laughs> this is fantastic. And a cigarette. Standing on his soapbox. And a cigarette. His head is basically touching the ceiling, but Mikey's like 5'3". So like, I don't know how short these ceilings are. Yeah, don't come into the ceiling. So this win was bigger than just any regular season win that you would expect at this time of year. Because, of course, 
we all remember the NFC Championship game last year when the 49ers were down to basically their fourth or fifth string quarterback. And winning the way the 49ers did this past weekend, we completely unvalidated the Eagles Super Bowl last year. Oh, give me a break. Because I'm going to wait for Mikey because I'm about to embarrass Mikey because I don't think he knows what he's talking about. But I'm going to let him finish. Don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, you could uh, if you're going to say, well, we, we validated it by having an impressive Super Bowl performance, but you still would not have gotten to the Super Bowl had the 49ers had a quarterback. And we have now shown, I think when you go into Philadelphia, walk trash, go on the field and say, like, we're pissed and run over a team by that much. Don't give me the, oh, well, we were tired because we played the Bills. Yeah, I'm sure that maybe counted for maybe one touchdown, two touchdowns even. But we beat you 42 to 19. So I think the Philadelphia Eagles should relinquish their Super Bowl, give it to the 49ers, and hope that you guys do better in this year's playoffs. Do you think that... The five defensive starters that were on the team last year that are not on the team this year and were not replaced with better talent makes you feel like you played the same team as last year. Yeah, because I mean, we. Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh yeah. I got to fix my. I got to readjust my camera. I mean, we had people that we. I mean, we lost. Um, hmm. We lost Amico Ryan, who's one of the best coordinators in, and uh, probably now like the rookie. And the Eagles lost both of their coaches. Mikey, the Eagles lost both of their coaches from last year. The coaches that beat you last year, all of the defense that beat you last year aren't here. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, it's not my problem. It's it's a different team. Listen, the 49ers, and we've said said this on this podcast multiple times. I've said it. The 49ers are the best team in the league this year. And that is continues to be true. Um, and the Eagles have struggled, are one of the worst defenses in the league, and that's been happening the entire, the entirety of the year. Um, and that was very much so put on spotlight during the game. But to say that the 49ers would have won last year, given that the win this year is little baby Daddy, You're somewhat impartial, somewhat. You saw, the, or at least read or saw or whatever, the beatdown that took place this past weekend. Uh, yeah. Couldn't, wouldn't you say the 49ers, if they had everyone healthy, despite these five defensive players that you guys and all the defense, coaches and all the coaches, maybe well, you got rid of them for a reason because well, I don't that's know the why they got hired like, to be head coaches, Mikey. What are you talking about? You're well, you, also, you, you can't, thought, you can't say that you lost all these people, you actively got rid of them. That's the, oh. that's the one point I will make in on that note, but I, I need to add no, no, no. no. And it's because not like you left the spots is, open. You, you replaced them with people who still tried, maybe not to the level of. But this is important. Year, but, but this is important because what happened with that money? It went to get paid Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy still getting paid about $7 an hour to be quarterback. That's the difference. So it's not the well, people, it's the money. Well, I mean, that's a freedom to the win. I mean, we saw the, you know, the Seahawks do that with Russell Wilson. I mean, that's just the way to do it if you're lucky. Or that's one of the paths you could take to win a Super Bowl. Right. And I'm not saying the Eagles are, like, have an excuse for being a worse or better team this year. But to say that they are the same team and thus beating the Eagles this year represents beating them last year, that's a little baby talk, Mikey, and you know it. And then Big Dom. What is Big Dom doing on the No, field no, no, no. Let's not go yet. Let's not go Let's there yet. The- go back. Go back. We don't get we'll, to move we'll on get to that because we we should absolutely discuss this. Yeah, we don't get to move on from this ridiculous thing that Mikey's talking about. Let's can get I, to can it. I, I'll, I'll just say, because Mikey did ask me the question, I, I do think the Eagles are a different team. That all said, I don't think there was any excuse for them to lose that game. I don't think they have any excuses. I don't think it's the personnel changes or the changes in the people on the field. I think the 49ers bested them in a pretty remarkable way. Agreed. Um, it, no, it, I think the was... 49ers are a better team. And the reason they lost is because the 49ers are better. And the Eagles defense is bad. The 49ers bad. are probably better than the Chiefs team that you played in the Super Bowl. So we should have a, a Super Bowl. 
You know what's so funny? Last I was thinking about this. This is the only reason why you guys were Well, Mikey was being insufferable over text. <laughs> I think last week you all said Eagles fans were the most insufferable. I've yes. never seen that's 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 what NFL players voted. Yeah, that was the poll by the NFL yeah. players, the anonymous yeah. poll. So funny is this week, and Kata's impartial, <laughs> so we'll let her talk about it. I've never okay. seen a fan base whine more about losing and then whine more about winning. Oh, come on. Like, no, but truly, like, I've never experienced, like, Mikey, you're whining about winning. You're complaining about winning a game. All week. I'll tell you what, the Eagles fans have been mighty quiet this week. <laughs> yeah, because they're not obnoxious. Like, they no lose. What? What's actually so interesting about Eagles fans that you're realizing in this moment is when the Eagles lose, they're like, oh, we lost. Okay, we lost. Let's back up and we lost. Yeah, 49ers fans have been complaining, have complaining about this loss from the NFC Championship game. You're still complaining about it. No, I'm convinced. No, I'm convinced. And I even texted you at halftime. I'm convinced Eagles fans live to boo. I mean, there's obviously the whole, you know, famous incident where you booed Sienna. I think yeah. you guys would rather boo than cheer because going into halftime, uh, you're only, it was only a one-score game going into halftime. You're a 10 and one team going into halftime. Even the announcers commented on it, and the team got booed off the field at halftime. They deserve to be booed. They were bad. I just think that you guys, just, the Philly fans, just are waiting to boo. You guys just prefer to boo. We haven't boo booed all year. We haven't booed all year. It was exactly. the first time they got so booed. No, no, the second wait. time. The second time they got booed. They got booed in the first game because they were being well, really yeah, messy. I'm sure, you should have got booed, booed losing to the Jets, but. Yeah, they didn't boo then, which was kind of strange. But I don't think they did, if I remember, yeah. I have never met a fan base more whiny than 49ers about everything. Oh, whiny. Mikey, you're still whining about a game from last year. Give it up. It's a new year. You guys won. It's exciting. You guys might very well win the Super Bowl. Why? Well, you're so negative that you can't be excited about the future. You have to complain about the past. Move on. You all complained about how annoying Eagles fans are. This is embarrassing. This is silly. I mean, it's, I'm not the only one that complains about Eagle fans, obviously. So yeah, 49ers fans have, and 49ers players. Oh my god! Like these now, boys. There was a lot of players. Now, don't say 49ers players. All right, there's a lot. Debo. These these Debo. Maybe there's multiple. There's two more than one. Yeah, there's like, multiple players that also said like whining. Brock Purdy, who said this doesn't have to do with anything from last year. There was a couple. There was a. Just as many players who said, like, oh, this isn't about last year. Because it's not. Because it's a different team. It, it is a ridiculous thing to say. Oh, we played the same team and won, so it invalidates it. Both had, both offense and defensive coordinators got hired to be head coaches. If it was close, I would give this to you. But because the margin was so large, I think you got to look at it and say, all right, there's something there. No. It's a different yes. team, Mikey. Mikey, it's a different team. It's a different year. You lost last year. You win this year. That's it. Give it up. Give it up, delicious. Now can we get into Big Dam? <laughs> would this be the the thing that this would be a very different conversation if this had been like like a bigger, like a more important game. If this had been like a playoff game, I feel like Mike Rose would be having a very different conversation right now. No, because it's a different Hardly. team. Like if, if they I, go to the NFC Championship and the 49ers win again in this way, the 49 I still stand by it. Last year, the Eagles were the better team last year. Now the 49ers are the better team. It really is that simple. I and if you can see from looking in our game, I actually picked the Eagles to win this game because I saw what happened last year and I said, wow, the Eagles are just more superior. I you know, took don't bring a, your a, trauma a, into this. That's your trauma. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with fact. I just assumed after what I've seen on the field and everything that the Eagles being at home would probably win the game. I picked the Eagles, remember? But now that I see the product on the field and I see how much better the 49ers are than the Eagles, I, I had to harken back to last season. The Eagle, well, and that's unfortunately because you don't know what you're talking about, and that's fine, <laughs> and that's fine. But the Eagles have the worst, one of the worst rated defenses in the entire league, and they've had it the entire time. It's why I took the 49ers in this game. I'm actually shocked they've beaten the Dolphins, the Bills, Kansas City. Well, Kansas City's offense, I want to talk about them later. Um, and, and they play the Cowboys next week, and like, and, the, and they've a bigger game, 
and they've already That's beat the Cowboys be once. Right? And, I can't wait for that. And like, are you going to pick the Cowboys to win that game? I might. <laughs> I mean, I just I think you know the Eagles. Rose is the worst of the worst Philly fans. <laughs> Listen, well, see, I'm fucking for real, and that's Eagles fans. They're fucking for real, <laughs> and we'll we'll take the loss when it happens, and we lost. <laughs> the 49ers <clears throat> are a better team this year. We've said that all year. Um, we're moving on from the idea that this invalidates last year. That's just like embarrassing, and I won't I, I won't uh, I won't indulge in it anymore since how silly it is. But well. I, I want to move on from from the actual mechanics of this game and because we we do actually have like quite a few things to talk about today and I want to be able to get to all of it. Um, we did bring up Dom. Can we can you explain Dom? Who Dom is? Yeah. Can you explain this, Mike? Big Dom is the head of security for the Philadelphia Eagles and is the best. That's I it. don't think I don't think there's anything that we can say about this situation that hasn't already been said, but. Everybody apparently knows this man. Like it's, no, every it's Philly very fan confusing. says they know Dom. You go across, you ask a Philly fan, they say, "Oh yeah, I know Dom." Yeah, they all say they know. They've Dom. like got his number in yeah, their phones like and shit. With this Dom guy, <laughs> we love Dom. Everyone knows now Dom. Philly fans have no clue who he was till till this past weekend. All Philly fans are like, "Yeah, that's Dom." Dom is just like, like a silly. Little he's like, like one of those like I got a guy guys. Like if you need anything, you go to Dom, and he's like, "Yeah, I got a guy." He's just like the head of security and like everyone knows of him. Like, I don't know. We just know who he is. He's funny. Well, stay out the field, Dom. Oh, my God. Everyone was so whiny about this play. Honestly, I don't think anyone needed to have get, gotten thrown out for this. I don't think, you know, your linebacker who has a history of aggression issues needed to. Does, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you get up and you see some non-player or non-coach like in your face, like basically shoving you. Do we think that little... warrants? I think this is an important conversation. Do we think that warrants throwing a punch? It wasn't a punch. It wasn't a punch. You don't reach a... for people's faces. It's not nice. It doesn't matter. You should not. There were lots of people. To... I mean, listen, like, it's against the rules. Like, you can't get on the field and, like, touch somebody. But it was all very. In... And I actually agree. Like, I don't think any he needed to be ejected for the, the face touching. I think we could have just, like, moved on and it would have been fine. Um, it was all very innocuous. I think it was, but it's just amazing that like it riled up the Philly fans so much. I was like, oh, great. Now, and I think you guys maybe even scored a touchdown after it. And I was like, oh, this is going to fire up Philadelphia and everything. And it ended up like actually being the opposite. I think it sparked the 49ers just as much because then we came right back down the field. Like we again. Yeah. And just scored like six times in a row. Yeah, Eagles defense is not very good, but that's sort of been the tale of the season. Speaking speaking of um, other disciplinary things, and I want to use this conversation real quick to segue into our guest here, but another interesting disciplinary story of the week. Have you guys seen this about Tyreek Hill and uh, the his touchdown celebration? Yeah, I don't really understand logistically what that is, though. Tell me again, because I heard something about it. So there was remember. a photographer who took essentially took part in Tyreek Hill's touchdown celebration. And as a result, he posted a video, I think, on Instagram or something uh, that in which he said that because of, you know, the use of his cell phone or whatever, he had his game credential revoked. And now for taking part uh, for taking part of the celebration. In, in the celebration, yeah. I guess I don't really understand what the rule itself is. Perhaps it's something about, like, like perhaps it shows, like, favoritism or something. I don't really understand what exactly the core of the issue is here. But he had his game credential revoked. Um, this was at the Dolphins-Panthers game. And Tyreek Hill is actually going to pay that photographer's salary uh, now, which is... I mean, it's probably pennies because I'm sure those photographers aren't making a whole lot of money. That'd but... be like at least 50, 60 grand, you would think, right? Yeah, I mean, who, who really knows? But uh, it's he he saw Tyreek saw the camera and he took the camera from the photographer. And uh, it sounds like the photographer didn't necessarily want to take part of this celebration, but ultimately, you know, did. So because... he wasn't even so he wasn't part of it. Just, no, I don't. I don't. It doesn't sound like it was like a like a, a willing participant a thing that I mean? they colluded with. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it does suck that he got his credential suspended. I think it's yeah. really classy of Tyree Kill to pay the salary. I feel like yeah, wait, he, who, he was his employer, was the right? That did that? David Tepper again? <laughs> well, that's yeah. Well, that this was at the the Panthers game. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm confused though. Like, wasn't he employed also by Tyree Kill, or not in that moment? They've just worked together in the past. No, I don't think I don't think he was. It it sounds at least what Tyree Kill has said that he didn't. The photographer didn't want him to take the camera. Tyreek just kind of took the camera. Oh, then Tyreek Kill should. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. financially. I, I don't call that classy. I call that like you know, you, that's what you do. You just got the man fired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't really like, like to give Tyree Kill credit for anything, but uh, I mean, you know, that is what's happening. Which, you know, I, I just I give him credit for the humanity there. Yeah, no, it's nice for people to do the right thing. Speaking of that game, um, obviously, what a what a mess. Um, <laughs> the Panthers are. We're talking about the best teams in the league, and we're like we're yelling about like people winning games, and the poor Panthers are just <laughs> terrible. It's just it's bad. Imagine being a Panthers fan. And we'll use yeah. this to segue into our guest here. We've had Scott on the podcast before, talking about what it's like to cover the worst team in the NFL. Uh, now, of course, he's made headlines as as we've said. Why don't we go ahead and play the tape from that interview? Uh, hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll be back. Scott. Hello, Mr. Fowler. I didn't realize Scott was going to show up stunned today. I would have looked less busted. <laughs> Damn. i fix my hair really fast. He's early for us. Yeah. Scott, how are you today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm doing well. Good. Good. Thanks so much for making the time. Um, we know sure. you've been super busy courting... So many. You were on Dan Patrick a couple weeks ago. Uh, you, who else have you done? Gosh, you've been mentioned. I I heard you on WFAN. I did awful announcing, which is you know kind of a sports niche website, I guess. A um, couple of serious XM things. Uh, Dan Patrick was definitely probably the bigger of the ones. All in relation to David Tepper. For sure. All for good news. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. All for all for uh covering a bit of a catastrophe, that's why. We love the drama. We live for the drama. The drama, exactly. Yes. And we're very much so Team Scott here because we were talking a lot of shit on this podcast. Just no one gave a shit for it because no one listened to it. <laughs> Which is the difference. But but to really to to really kind of get into it, I mean, of course, we do want to talk about what went down and whatnot. But I I just want to kick things off. How has your season been? Like, what has it been like covering Rice Young and this new era of the Panthers? And putting that in air quotes that like didn't happen. Yeah, it has been a really pretty bad right from the beginning in terms of I guess. Uh, disappointment i really thought that maybe they were going to turn a corner and they've been trying to turn it for five years into the same corner you know they they had five straight losing seasons going into this made the big trade to get bryce young at number one and sort of thing i thought at the time i thought it was a good idea to at least try to make the trade because they obviously needed a quarterback however uh they lost from the you know the very first game they only scored 10 points and it's been a little bit like that all year they have not they just can't score and uh, that's frustrating you know i've covered all 29 panthers seasons and this one is verging on the worst it hasn't taken over that slot of number 1 there was a team that was slightly even worse than this back in 2010 that the forgettable jimmy claus and quarterback uh but cam newton came the next year and so, you know, they need another uh, savior to come uh, this coming year. But Bryce Young's already here. So I, they're not going to change quarterbacks at this point. They are changing coaches, though. So it's been a 
it has not been a great season uh, to cover in terms of uh, happiness, but it has been a very full of drama. And I guess journalists always like drama. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you wrote in your column about obviously how you feel like, you know, Tepper is the problem, but um, but is he is he the only problem? Well, the problems are certainly bigger than David Tepper. He's just the, you know, the tip of the spear. But there's there's plenty of other problems. And, and it starts with the lack of talent, I think, around Bryce Young. I still think Bryce can be a good NFL quarterback. I don't know about great. Um but I think he can be good right now is, you know, right at the bottom in terms of pretty much every metric. But I think he can be middle third anyway. Uh, if you just get him some a better offensive line, I think Bryce will survive this. And, you know, the next coach will be judged on how well he supports Bryce. I mean, I rubber necessarily to sell the team i just want him to move away from you know to stay with the business that's what he's good at stay on the business side of things and hire some smart people and let them make the football decisions yeah i was in a minority with this but at the beginning of the season i know i know it's tough because bryce was the number one pick overall but could he have benefited at all from maybe watching a few games i mean i think andy dalton was the backup i don't know if he still is right but he was he he's a more than capable backup. Do you think yeah. if he watched a couple of games, it could have helped at all, or you think we'd be in the same place? Um no, it might have helped a little bit. Uh you know, he Andy played, yeah. Andy Dalton played one game, and that's the one time they've had um, you know, more than 25 points and th somebody threw for more than 300 yards. Only time all season. Obviously, Andy Dalton is really based on that, uh he was a little more ready if you're just trying to purely to win. But I think they got off to this bad, bad start, and all of a sudden it was so far down the road, they're like, well, let's just let Bryce take his lumps because he's got to learn anyway. Uh, I see rumors of Bill Belichick, which I believe, of course, are going to be rumors. But <laughs> what is the reaction if Bill Belichick came down to Carolina? What would uh, you guys uh... – Startling. Yeah. 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 It would be startling for sure. I I don't see it either. Um, the reason that's, I think, got some legs a little bit is because people go, well, Dave Tepper uh, meddles too much. So I'm going, we, they need a coach that uh, is also sort of so, you know, strong willed and has such a resume that he can just say no without repercussions. Um, whereas if you hire someone like Ben Johnson, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, who's rumored as maybe the number one candidate right now, uh, he's never had a head coaching job before, so maybe Tepper could guide that a little too much. That's that's kind of the supposition there. But I think Belichick's still under contract, so I think you'd have to trade for him, and I don't think that's something. They, they can't <laughs> lose any more trades. They already don't even have their number one, what would be the number one pick in this next draft. They've already traded that away. They can't They can't start giving yeah. them more assets. They, they've got a, a – yeah. Yeah, I'm a 49er fan, and, of course, a couple of years ago we traded up to yeah. get a – you know, a quarterback, and we we got a lot of the sting taken out of that by finding Brock Purdy. You guys don't have that, so is the sting still in the air? Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. every time CJ Stroud has another three hundred yard game, uh, people, uh, you know, are nostalgic thinking about what might have been if only they had picked yeah. CJ Stroud instead. Um, so that yeah, the quarterback is, uh, you know, that's. That's the number one thing in the NFL, right? Head coach to me is number two, but quarterback is number yeah. one. Can't do it without a great quarterback. I mean, you're seeing that with Belichick now, uh, as good as he is. So I think, honestly, Harbaugh is more of a possibility, you know, in terms of strong-willed people. Uh, hmm. Jim Harbaugh has a little-known Charlotte connection in that he was a practice squad quarterback here at the end of his career, Throwing to Steve Smith, who had not yet made it big, they lit up people on the scout team. Uh, you know, against the number one defense, this was like 2001 or something. Harbaugh never got in a game here, but he did live here for a while. And I think he and Tepper have at least had, or their people have at least had some conversations, even last year when this job was open again. And so I think that's at least something that they will explore. Yeah, last year. Um after you fired rule last year, you guys kind of 
kind of rallied around Steve Wilkes there and actually played pretty well at the end of the season. Do you think this team has that in him still? No, not, could do not that? Really. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that was a one-off. I and honestly, uh they did, you're right, and they went six and six after starting one and four and firing rule really early in the season. Wilkes went six and six, and I wrote even at the time in January. Hire Steve Wilkes. You you are not going to do any better. Just just get him. And they of course Dave Tepper never listens to me, and so that fell on deaf ears. They hired Frank Reich, who I thought was a fine consolation prize, so to speak. But again, I thought Wilkes was the best choice. Now he's of course landed on his feet at the 49ers. Yeah, thank you for that as a 49er yeah, fan. You got him yeah. and McCaffrey. You got you got two of the best. <laughs> we got a good trade. I'm sure <laughs> good trades there. Um, but yeah, so I don't think this team, you know, they play five more games looking at their schedule. They might go one and four. I don't know if they're going to end up the whole season one and 16 right now. They're one and 11, but, um, you know, I could see them winning one more game kind of by mistake. They keep losing games by three or seven. They're not getting beat 38. Yeah. They're close games. Yeah. They're close. They just find ways to lose. So they'll, you know, they may luck into one more, but I don't think they're going to go like three and two or anything over these last five. Rosie has this weird, um, love affair for the, like with the Colts, which none of us really understand. There's just like, like we all have like our secret teams for me. It's like the bills, like I'm secretly a bills fan. And I feel like for Mike Rose here, that's the Colts. And, um, and alongside that is, is, is it safe to say Mike, like you're kind of a Frank Reich fan. I'm a little miffed. Yeah. Like, so, so that leads me to my question, like in, you know, everyone can go back and read your columns and I'm sure discern the answer, but in short, do you think he deserved to be fired? Not that early, I don't think. Um, I would have, if you give a guy a four-year contract, fully guaranteed, by the way, so he's not exactly walking out of here with nothing, but uh, I think you got to give him more than 11 games. It just And Frank Reich is a solid, just down-to-earth, honest guy. He's experienced, too. Like, he just, he has. Super experienced. Yeah, and he's had, a you know, a lot of. Uh, good times with other quarterbacks. I mean, um, it's not all been perfect, but he's done pretty darn well at, you know, as the offensive coordinator for Philadelphia when they won a Super Bowl. And even with the Colts, they were like 40 and 33. So this was a little bit of an outlier. And to, to be fired after 11 games, I would have liked to seen Reich at least get to the end of the season, preferably, I think, two years. And then at that point, if it's still not any better. But uh, no. They, you know, pulled the trigger really early. I will say, you know, I got the first interview, maybe still the only one uh, with Frank Reich, four hours after he had been fired and he was still processing it. And um, and I don't know if any of us could have done this. I couldn't have. But four hours after just walking in the door and getting fired, support, being surprised by it, he still took the high road and praised Tepper for giving him the chance in the first place and praised the players and said he was always going to be a fan and of these guys. So he's he's a class guy, and I'm, I'm sorry it ended as abruptly as it did. I know we've got to let you go in a couple minutes here, but uh, it's been now about, what, like a week since uh, you essentially got blackballed from even sitting in the front row from this press conference. And um, now you've had time to ruminate on it. People can go back and find your interview on YouTube with Dan Patrick, in which he smartly asks what question you would have asked. Um, is is there now a week out anything that you're you're sitting on in reflection and saying, oh, I I w- just wish I could have asked this. I wish I could have like had the opportunity to, you know, do anything that. That might have gotten you the question. <laughs> I don't think that question. Well, you know, the press conference is only eight questions long, Kata, which was short. And it was about half the length of his normal press conference. Uh, so when it ended as quickly as it did, we were all a little startled. And you can hear on the um, raw feed people, including me, going, are you serious? Come on, Bruce. Bruce was the guy who was not calling on me. It wasn't directly Tepper. It was Bruce. I feel like it was very purposeful, though, because... I was in the front row making a nuisance of myself. So I think there could have been 30 questions and I wouldn't have got one. And I think it was. So it's not possible they just didn't see you at all. 
No, I don't think so. It would have been very okay. good. Trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was literally four or five feet from Tepper, uh, you know, raising my hand. But in any case, uh, I think it backfired on him a little bit. Uh, you know, I think there was far more uh, consternation or, or from Panthers fans about me not asking a question than if he had just taken one and given a vanilla answer. Uh, I kind of think next time it won't be like that next time I'll. And in fact, I've been to some Panther press conferences since, and I'm called on very quickly now. However, none of them have included Dave Tepper. So we'll see, I guess. Uh, as far as the question I was going to ask, I just wanted him to reflect some on, is it him? Is it him that's that this is? And I wanted him, obviously, to say, yeah, you know, uh, I've messed up. I wanted him to kind of show us a little bit more of a vulnerable side. I think, I think sometimes by not doing that, Panthers fans get angrier with Tepper than more supportive if he has said something like, look, I screwed up. Hey, I messed it up. We're going to get it right. Stay with us. You know, I mean, you're talking to the fans in a press conference. That's where I think that one kind of went astray. But, yeah, I, I'll honestly, Kata, at the end of it, um, after a week to ruminate, I'm kind of glad he didn't call on me. I think it may, I think it made for a better column. And the uh, legs the story has had have, has been amazing. I mean, I'm I'm still doing several interviews on that this week. So I think maybe it became, you know, it wasn't like real hurtful for my career or anything. If he was trying to do that, it it did not work. I think it's safe to say. And for many reasons, not just this, that uh, Dave Tepper will not be a sports legend of the Carolinas anytime soon. That said, I, you know, as a as a beat reporter, it's not infrequent that beat reporters are, you know, have tough relationships with some of the people that they cover. Um, that's a tale as old as time. But, you know, in in your position, it, uh, you know, you already kind of answered this. You said that you've been called on since and you're not worried about like your coverage suffering. But like, how how do you see that relationship potentially evolving in the future um, when it's strained right now? Do you think about that when you're doing your coverage? Mm, a little bit, I guess, um, you know, especially the first few days when I went back in the locker room. I always after writing a tough column. I always try to go back in the locker room the next day or at whatever event there is for that team, just to let them vent if they want to. I think that's the fair way to do it. Um, but there wasn't a lot of that. And, you know, there, I mean, and not to overstate my importance on this, because I think I think about Dave Tepper way more than he thinks about me. They're getting assailed from all sides. It's, you know, not the Charlotte Observer at all is not the only one, uh, you know, Peter King of uh, formerly of Sports Illustrated, now of uh, NBC Sports, called Tepper Steinbrenner without the winning uh, this week and wrote a very uh, negative part of his uh, Monday morning quarterback column about him. And there's been a number of other things. So it's it's coming, you know, kind of from all directions. So I, I don't yeah, I don't worry about it much. I'm not I'm not the lone wolf out there. Certainly everyone knows one in eleven is not good enough. No, for sure. <laughs> so I just kind of keep it head down and grinding. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I always just like to pull back the curtain because I think your job is so fascinating. <laughs> your book just came out. You're, you're you know, you've you've done books and stuff before, but Sports Legends of the Carolinas, the book with all these beautiful like photos and whatever. What's been the reaction to that? And I've I've been joking. I'm like, I feel like this is a volume one. I feel like there needs to be more. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, maybe so. We'll see. Um, that was every interview. There's 33 uh sports legends in that book, and that's all the ones we've done so far. But I'm with you, Kata. I, I hope we do another couple of seasons and compile it into a volume two. I'll say the reaction has been a lot better than uh, the Panther. And it's been and a pleasant uh, diversion from covering <laughs> Panthers, for sure. Uh, we have had uh, just one book signing so far, and it was very successful, partly because a couple of the uh, sports legends joined me. And uh, we've got a couple more on the road. But, yeah, if anybody's listening and wants to check it out, it's a real easy website, sportslegendsbook.com, sportslegendsbook.com. And Tons of photos in there. If you don't like to read, that's okay. There's more than a hundred pictures. Uh, if you and uh, we had a great time. I 
uh, colleague Jeff Siner took all these beautiful pictures. So, and Kata, of course, you were instrumental in that project from the beginning. So, can't thank you enough for your role in it. It's been really, um, really special and really fun. Do you? Uh, does one stand out to you? Have you had a favorite uh, sports legend of the Carolinas that you've spoken to for the purpose of this project? Not really. Um, you know, I, I really am so grateful to all those people who have given us all that time. So it's like trying to pick favorite kids. Um, there have been some interviews that I guess have resonated with people a little bit more. Somebody was telling me at one of these book signings that they cried twice reading the Roy Williams interview. So um, I think that's one that especially UNC fans have uh, found uh, particularly insightful. Uh, but I'm doing a book signing, in fact, this weekend with Armani Edwards, the former App State quarterback. And his was one of my favorites, too, because Armani had this incredible college career. Uh, almost you couldn't write a script any better. He was two-time player of the year at, at the FCS level. And then he went to the pros, and it went sour in a hurry. So he And he really is so honest about that. So Armani was certainly one that stuck out. But, you know, all of them were great. I mean, Coach K and, um, shoot, Don Staley was fantastic. Uh, there's just it's, – it's been a real joy to be able to have these sorts of conversations that are a lot – you know, it turns into a podcast each time. So it's a lot like what we're doing now. It's just a deeper dive into people's lives other than just a headline. So – that's I really I've loved doing it. Brad, I work uh, at ESPN, and one of my favorite co-workers has been Wes Durham. Did he make the book? <laughs> or is he going to be in volume two? Not <laughs> he yet? might have to be in the next volume. I do love Wes. All right, I'll tell him to keep he's pushing. Great. <laughs> tell him hello, and yeah, he's he's uh, he's definitely uh, uh, slight yeah, Wes for is like a good future uh, episode. But yeah, he's he's really good, and what a great voice. Yeah, he's he's fun to listen to. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. Uh, everyone, check out sportslegendsbook.com um, to order your copy of Sports Legends of the Carolinas, the book. Great stocking stuffer, just beautiful photos, awesome on your coffee table. Great for any Carolinas sports fans uh, from, you know, college sports to her sports, any sport <laughs> across the spectrum. Um, it really is just a treat, and we really appreciate having you on. <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Y'all have a good day. Thanks, Scott. All right. Good to see you, Scott. See you. Bye. everybody hope you learned a little something from mr scott fowler do you guys have any big takeaways i love how he just sounds like carolina yeah he is like the voice of carolina, carolina could talk that's what carolina would sound like yeah so much grace so much poise um we have a we have a lot of other stuff to get into this week as far as uh <laughs> the nfl schedule where should we start where do we go from here? We go to our game, and that kind of gets us into it, probably. I'm good at this game. You are good at this game. No, I'm bad at this game. No, yeah, no, he's not at good game. at this game. I, I actively got a more negative point. Oh, the Eagles is my only loss. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You you had a good week. I had a neutral week. Mike Rose did not have a good week. I think I'm a victim in this game. I mean, yeah, you you have been victimized. I will give you that. Much. Kansas City I mean, Chiefs, Chiefs lost, which is not fair. <laughs> Can I say something about the Chiefs? I don't think I think they don't make it to the AFC Championship. They look bad. They don't look good. They don't look. It's not like oh they have off games like you know like every year Kansas City has like those games where they're like oh okay that was kind of a mess anyway but they like figure out ways to win games. They're not giving figure out a way to win games. They're giving yikes. Not only do they look better or whatever, but they're good. Isn't as good as it's been in the past years. Like, no. They used to blow out teams. They're not doing that. No matter who they play. I think the AFC is wide open. At least we now know uh, the, the Taylor Swift of it all is broken. That theory is wrong because yeah, she was at the game. Sad. So <laughs> thank God. Yeah. 
I'm tired. Everyone of was saying that they arrows. only win when Taylor's there. No, that's not true. So maybe the Swifties will calm down. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think about Travis Kelsey a lot in moments like this because he's not the receiver impact he used to be. And then he just talked about on this podcast about the idea of retirement. He like put that pin in there, and I was like, "Huh." Like Travis Kelsey might retire within the next couple of years. You know, the offense is really struggling because they were like Patrick Mahomes, who's incredible. I don't, I don't, this isn't his fault, but they were like, he can make something out of nothing. And honestly, I mean, he has made a lot out of a no nothing offense, really. Like with Travis Kelsey, but like otherwise, like not a ton of like amazing talent there. Yeah, but you know, when like the Patriots had Brady, you know, they had this great quarterback and like they never, I mean, they didn't bring in necessarily stars all the time. I mean, they had Gronk and they had Randy Moss for like that period, but they would re, they would bring in people still to at least keep it going. And I don't feel like the Chiefs are really doing that. I think sometimes I was just in a conversation with this on the on the tour bus because everybody, all the boys on this the tour are sporty. Um, wow. Is that I think we forget that when the Patriots were in the dynasty era, people went to the Patriots for less money just to get a Super Bowl ring. And that was what made it a dynasty was that they could just get whoever they wanted for less money mm. and then pay certain people more money so they could keep them. And that's how they, I mean, them and Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick you know, had the chokehold that they did. That's how that ended up working out. But no one really can do that anymore. Like, nobody's really, like, the Chiefs don't have that chokehold over the league like we kind of say You would they think do. that they would. They just don't have, a, they don't have the consistency quite yet of winning as many Super Bowls for people to be like, oh, let's go to Kansas City to win a Super Bowl. Like, you don't. If I was a player, I could play with Mahomes and Andy Reid. I mean, I think they're a great team to go to, but I don't think you go, you know, like, when the Patriots were in their dynasty era, like, you could flip a coin and they won the Super Bowl that year and they likely were at least going to go. Like, <clears throat> you are on the Patriots team and you're going to the Super Bowl. No one can really say that about any team right now. Kansas City Chiefs are kind of the closest. But no yeah. one's really like that right now. I don't know if anyone will ever be like that again, but like, it was intense. We forget. It was traumatizing. Now they're one in 10 or something, so. The Chiefs are close to that. I think maybe the Niners could be close to that. Well, the dynasty but they have more era. Prove, but yeah. Actually, I was thinking about this this week. Is that the, I think the 49ers are going to be amazing this year. They're amazing last year. And they should be amazing next year, too. Until they have to pay Brock Purdy. Because remember, they're not pay the reason they have all this talent and can pay for it is because they're not paying Brock. Yeah, no, I feel like the 49ers definitely have a window that will close sooner than later. And it, I think it'll it'll come down to can Brock Purdy produce well without all the talent because the couple of weeks that he didn't have everybody lost. Yeah, I wish I could talk to like maybe maybe we can get a 49ers guest on one of these weeks because I I think there was more going on. What are you? Than, Aren't you our 49ers guest? Yeah, but I need Wait. somebody who's like around the team <laughs> because I feel like like yeah, Brock Purdy played like shit those three games, but the but it wasn't just him. It was um, also the defense and why the defense. I mean, I know like it kind of like you know when the, if the offense isn't moving the ball and putting the big defense in a bad situation, then yeah, they can only do so much. But I mean, they, the defense was really playing like shit, which makes no sense. So I don't know if there was I, I don't know if there was like COVID in the locker room or. Somebody was mad that somebody slept with somebody's wife or something like that. That sometimes happens. My goodness. <laughs> and like teams go awry. I don't know. I just felt like there was more than just party. And, you know, just, well, I mean, the obvious that Debo was out and Trent Williams. Yeah, that was big. Mm -hmm. But I think it was just. I thought McCaffrey was sort of out too, wasn't he? He was banged up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's start drama. Well, why let's would the defense rumor. suck too? I like the wife rumor. I'm sorry. Let's go with yeah. that. No, I, I like that. I like that. Uh, you guys, we we had some overtime this week in Monday night. Uh, what was that about? Hmm. 
Did you guys watch? I mean, you were you were the one that picked the Bengals to win, so I'm sure you are yeah. loving your choices. Oh, I mean, I I definitely enjoyed it. I again, I I thought that you know they were due for sure for you know to pull something out after last week, um, and they've been banged up, obviously, you know, lack of Burrow and whatnot for the rest of the season. But uh, I didn't expect that game to be first off as high scoring let alone into overtime and like that. Like I just, I, I could almost say that my, my pick was a little bit arbitrary. I just, it wasn't for any particular reason. I, uh, yeah. It, oh, no, it was pretty cocky when you made it. I, <laughs> I mean, she was That's right though. I was surprised. I mean, like I, mm-hmm. you know, I was, we, we made fun of her for that. So that was yeah. a high scoring game too, though. Like I didn't in, um, in one of the pools that Mike and I are involved with, uh, the tiebreaker for picks, we make picks every week against the spread, and then you have a tiebreaker, which is the Monday night football game. And the way to break that tie is you predict how many points. And I I did not think it was going to be a high-scoring game. That was a really exciting football game. Lots of good offense. Lots of bad defense, too. Huh. Which makes me question, or like, I, I was arguing with some people at work. The Patriots, who we kind of mentioned today, lost... Um, to the uh, who did they play this past week? Yeah, the Chargers six nothing. Now, th- 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 that you would think, oh, that's a shitty game. But if you're at that game, th- one play could change the entire game. So, so, so I'd like exciting. to think the fans were yeah into it the whole way. Would you? Do you think you would? Would you rather be a, a six nothing game or like a 30, 42 19 game? We should ask our buddy Andrew, who was at the Patriots game. He went to Foxborough this weekend and and was literally he? posted he posted a picture on his Instagram of the field from their seats and was like, "I am ready to get hurt again," well, just knowing exactly what was going to happen. Six zero. No one should be proud of that. No, <laughs> no. there's nothing defense. to be proud of for six and zero. No, no, yeah, that was <laughs> you don't not think a the defense. Could even I don't, be proud? No, I don't even no. care. <laughs> that was not a defense game. That was just really, really in the weird. NFL. No, just no. There's no reason. No, I'm mad. That's just ridiculous. If I'm a Patriots defensive player, I'm happy this week. But yeah, well, the, they um, lost, so probably not. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. probably furious. But um, finishing up on the Bengals Jags, though, it just, I, it just goes to show, or just keeps going that the Jags are just not there yet. That they could just lose a game as quickly and easily as they could win a game. And poor Trevor. Trevor. I once poor, again at I, least it was only a high ankle sprain is not that bad. He'll no, he'll be back. But yeah, I said this on the podcast. I said this on the podcast before Trevor Lawrence is the most uninspiring quarterback to watch play. I'm so like, bored. Boring? Yeah. You have to have emotion, but like I don't often feel like the plays that are made are like, whoa, like real, like Trevor Lawrence made that happen. I'm like, oh, it's just We're just um, going down the field. He's got his hair flowing though. And it doesn't no, yeah, he's definitely stunned, but like, it's, it's just, I'm just so bored watching him be a quarterback. And I like, I don't know. I wonder if sometimes the, the Jags see him and they were like, can we win a Super Bowl with this guy? Like, is he really capable of going to a Super Bowl and like making Super Bowl caliber plays? And like, is that, do we really if think Trevor so? Trevor Lawrence wasn't an NFL quarterback, what would his profession be? Good question. Very good question. Because I think he's got the perfect body and look and size as an NFL quarterback. No, he'd be a business consultant. Like one of those like five bros. What? Yeah, I Where, think like, he'd do something with money. He do like this kind of tight pants, no socks, loafers, t-shirt, belt. I think he'd cut the hair. I don't think the hair would be a thing. No, I think the hair stays. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting look for a Wall Street dude. Chippendale dancer, maybe. He's got a really big no, he's too scrawny for a Chippendale. Um he, trust. Uh he's got a really like large long face. Like without the mm-hmm. long hair, he'd look like Stonehenge. I mean, well, that's that was the the thing that was circulating Stonehenge. over the last two weeks was <laughs> he he literally does look like Stonehenge. But uh, no, I it is hard to like like picture that face, particularly since it doesn't emote much 
in like a creative field. So I think it would have to be something very logistical. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's excellent. All right. So, uh, do you want to do you want to go through our standings, Mike? Oh yes. So I hey, like to hear. It. So I pick Kansas City, the Broncos, and the 49ers. The Broncos, you know, were in it, and they almost they could have won. They were close. And the Chiefs, I mean, ugh, what do you want from me? But I did pick the 49ers because I'm smart. So I got negative one. Kata picked the Steelers, the Browns, and the Bengals. And the Bengals won in overtime. So she ended up safe with zero. But she was close to a negative three game, might we add. She was, she was one move away from a rough week. We're aware of this, yes. <laughs> and Mikey picked the Lions, the Eagles, and the Colts. And so the Lions and the Colts won. So he gets one point. Um, and moving on. So Kata is still in second place and right? i have yeah. with three points i'm in last with zero and mikey's still riding high with 16. and so for the week coming up the two so teams we can't pick are miami and we cannot pick the 49ers dolphins are 13 and a half favorites against tennessee and the 49ers are 10 and a half favorites against seattle which i actually think spread might be a little bit too large i would take seattle i think against so too the spread there mm. um not as a pickup. The emotional win against Seattle Philadelphia. Had, they lost to Dallas in an emotional loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really. Emotional. So Seattle had an emotional loss. 49ers had an emotional win. Like I just think that that might be a little bit closer. I think it's worth also it. noting that as of right now, recording this podcast, the spreads those are obviously the two biggest spreads, which is why we can't pick those games. But they're the biggest spreads by a long shot. Those yep. are like like this the week, the yeah. odds makers are really feeling strong about those picks. Yeah, I mean, 13, sheesh. And not feeling as strong, it seems, about a whole lot else. Nope. So that said, Mike, I think you get to go first because you're in last place here. Yeah, Thanks. I am. Um, so, like, I, I still do like my, my like, plan of taking one to two underdogs. Because at this rate, what else is there to do? Um, you just need to make up the points. Yeah, at this rate. And... You know, I think your score, your score last week made like a good case for like you lost two teams, but because you're one underdog one, you ended up even. So like that makes a case for, you know. Yeah, I feel like if I can stay at zero or plus one. Yeah, you just stay close to victory. Um, I'm going to take the Baltimore, though, just like safely as um, Baltimore. Yeah, the Ravens. Against the Rams. Yeah, that is that is the next largest spread that I'm seeing. And um, I think that's fair. Yeah, they're favored know currently the by seven and a half. I, the Rams have looked really good, but yeah. it would be a shocker to see the Ram the Ravens lose. And while the Chiefs losing last week, I picked the Chiefs last week and the Lions the week before, and they both keep losing. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I buy what? it. I'm tired. I'll take the Ravens, but I might be cursing teams. I'm taking the 49ers. Just kidding. I kind of. All right. Well, uh, I think there is something uh, to be said here for the fact that Dallas is favored by three and a half against Philadelphia. And that's really interesting. So as an underdog, I'm going to take Philadelphia. Whoa. Ooh. Ooh, I thought you were going to take Dallas. I mean, look, Dallas has been a good football team. I'm, I'm not going to lie, but but we've got some some pretty angry eagles out there, and uh, I don't think they're going to let it slide. It's a great, great divisional matchup. I was, was going to speak game. on this game, but I guess I'll do it now. I, I wouldn't have picked that. I think it would be incredibly shocking for the eagles it's to a must beat. win for Philadelphia. It really is. Is it a must win? They're still ahead of everybody. After the drama of last week, yeah, they've got to they've got to defend themselves here. I mean, I suppose, but they already beat Dallas once. And well, it's a they got to do it again. Yeah. Well, easy Keep to say reputation. for me being being the best best record in the league. So they're in their reputation. Yes, I just I guess just the kids say. You know. All right, my turn. Um, I will take the Texans. You see the drama going on with the Jets and Zach Wilson. Yeah, but apparently yeah. it's fake. Allegedly, it's fake. Well, Diana Rossini though is the one who reported it. She's very. She's legit. Um, I love her. Legit, yeah. I think they're gaslighting her. And for people who don't know, uh, Diana reported that basically, long story short, like Zach Wilson doesn't want to play because he's afraid to get hurt and ruin his potential to play for like another team next year. 
So he's made it known that he doesn't want to play, according to Diana. I I I believe Diana, but at the same time, my my brain is like, if if that if that is true, they they're not going to let Zach Wilson go. Just almost out of spite, if anything. Out of spite. Wow. I mean, you know, I, but I think that's an interesting, uh, I think that's an interesting, so you're taking the Jets or you're taking Houston? No, no, no. I'm taking the Texans. Okay. Yeah. yeah I think that's, Texans. I think that's fair. Houston has actually looked like a, a football team or something that resembles it. So <laughs> that's exciting. All right, Mike, your go. I mean, I'm, I'm taking the Cowboys. Oh, you're going to go Jesus. against me here. I feel like I keep doing that every week, but it's it's silly fun. Well, now oh, I'm really going to win. Well, so here, here, <laughs> here's my thing. Um, it's really, and no matter what uh, division you're in, to sweep any team in your division is difficult. Like playing teams in your division is harder because you play them so often and you're really familiar with them. The Eagles beat the Cowboys once. For the Eagles to sweep the Cowboys this season, considering how great the Cowboys are, how amazing Dak Prescott has looked, since they played last time, I think that would be shocking. Um, I'm I, I almost took the Cowboys first, but then I realized the tide of things were going. I realized I could steal them in the second. Um, obviously, would love to see that Eagles sweep them this season, but that just does not sound particularly true, especially given all the injuries. Fair enough. Right, Kata. Uh, well, now I see I'm torn. Um, I I. You know, I mean, I guess like I could take Buffalo as an underdog if I want to be saucy, but I don't think they're going to win that game. But maybe they will. I don't fucking know. You know what? I'm going to take Detroit. Detroit playing their uh, divisional rival Chicago. They are favored currently by three and a half. I think they're due for some good magic. Let's do I it. I think they're going to win that game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, although the Bears, you know, they've been putting up some, they've been throwing hands. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're, again, if we're talking about something that resembles a football team, I'm not going that far, but they've been throwing some hands lately. And, uh, you know, I, I just think Detroit has a lot to prove. And so that should be a win for them. All right. I mean, I don't want to keep going safe, but you guys are giving me like these wins. So I might as well take them. Oh, I'll dear. take the Packers over the Giants. All right. So that was I was waiting for my Giants to come up here because that <laughs> is that's actually an interesting and that's a nice pivot for you. I mean, Giants coming to go off against a bye. DeVito. Yeah, Tommy DeVito. We're doing the <laughs> Italian hand thing. Um, that's a pivot for you because you picked the Giants. The I've last been time riding the Giants for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and by the way, that's another we've got two Monday night games this week. I hate that. So they're at the same time. Yeah, that is kind of dumb. All right. Well, you're taking Green Bay, uh, currently favored by six and a half against the Giants, who who fucking knows what's going on with the Giants right now. I, I don't I'm not confident in saying there is a story happening yet, but I guess we'll see this week. Michael. Um, I do I should take an underdog. I should try. And the only one that I feel particularly excited about, A, I just want to note that the spread between Detroit and Chicago is three and a half, which is like, you know, a little narrower than I would expect it. And Jacksonville slated to lose, maybe because Trevor Lawrence isn't there. Um, and Cincinnati, in the spread between Colts and Cincinnati is one and a half, with Cincinnati slated to lose. Jacksonville, by the way, that is definitely because Trevor Lawrence isn't there, 100%. You'd think it was maybe a little bit more, but I think the way the backup played and over time, maybe their Vegas is a little bit excited about it. Um, but Denver is two and a half underdogs to the chargers. Despite having played particularly well. And I think they just lost to the Texans or they lost. Yeah. I picked them last week to beat the Texans and they ended up losing close, yeah. in a close game. I, mm -hmm. I'm going to take Denver as an underdog. Um, that's a good one. I think that's a great pick. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I've liked my picks every week. I feel really excited about them and then feel really stupid, silly afterwards. <laughs> I'll take a favorite uh, to close out my picks for the week because I'm trying to play it safe here. 
and just stay in the game. And I'm going to take Pittsburgh against New England. That's Thursday night. Uh, Pittsburgh currently favored by five and a half. And uh, I I don't think New England is trying anymore. I, I just, they are easily, I think, one of the least motivated teams in the NFL right now. Uh, I think they could be doing better if they were trying and they're just, they're not trying. I'll take an underdog team. Whoa. Just to make it exciting, give you guys a chance. <laughs> I'll do a little bit of a pivot here too, because I've been high in the coats, but I'll take the Bengals to keep it rolling at home against Indianapolis. Jake Browning. We could have, yeah, we have fun Browning story. Who knows? Mm. That's an interesting pick. I think it would have been a, a surefire win had Browning not been already shown in the last game because I think they probably got just enough tape on him to be like, all right. Well, cool. We've got an exciting week of NFL football ahead of us. And guys, uh, we're going to try, fingers crossed, we've got a, a few friends that we want to catch up with. Um, so as our Christmas gift to you, we're going to try to have a guest every week this month. And uh, Scott Fowler, of course, ringing in the Merry Merry with us this Holiday week. season. Holiday season. Plenty of that to share with our audience. So we're hoping to do that, but we will see how <laughs> that all goes. In the meantime, give us a follow on our social media, uh, mostly Instagram. Our handle is at U-F-R-V-O-D-C-A-S-T. Uh, shoot us an email at hello ufr at gmail.com should you like to post up or just say hi and subscribe rate review and share with your friends does anyone else have anything to say 49ers would have won the super bowl last year oh, dearie me bring that up with your therapist <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone have a week. great week bye bye, bye.